All right, welcome back to the big program. Uh, 902, Kevin Carey, Sladislav Schmid, Sports 1440. Let's bring in uh, Evan Dom, Elks Director of Marketing and Communication with the full time fo- with the football team. Uh, hey, Dahmer, how's it going, big guy? I'm good, guys. How are you doing today? Uh, just doing great. So everything uh, getting uh, all set for tomorrow night's second last home game, I believe, of the season, correct? And uh, BC Lions here tomorrow for a 740 kickoff. Uh, how are things going on the kind of the, the marketing and communications front? Yeah, so it's our campus <laughs> class night tomorrow night, guys. So we're working really hard to get post-secondary students out. So we've worked closely with McHugh and Nate, U of A, the other schools in town to get their students engaged and get them out to the park. So... We're expecting, uh, well, we have already have over 2,000 tickets out to students, so we're expecting a good chunk of students to be in the building. Tomorrow they'll be in the north end zone. Uh, it'll be, uh, you know, a good vibe, hopefully a party-type vibe with them. And, you know, we worked hard to lean in on the theme and make sure that they have some some different elements that they're excited about coming down and, and watching some football. So mm-hmm. we're giving away another trip to see Taylor Swift. And, uh, yeah, it should be, a, should be a good one. The, the trip is for students, so... Um, I don't know if you can still enroll at any universities, but uh, yeah, if you want to try today, if you if you're not in school, go I might. Try. I might. I want to see T Swift. <laughs> there you go. But seven forty kickoff. Isn't that bit too late? Is it going to be like freezing? Well, I guess oh, they they might be liquored up, so they're gonna. <laughs> I guess they're gonna be fine. It's a, yeah, second game of the doubleheader. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's- yeah, we get all that, and I've talked to you about it for a long time, Dahmer. I mean, we got. I mean, look, Monday night NFL, they're running games same time. I mean, gotta have a seven o'clock kickoff. I know it has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with the Elks. It has everything to do with the league. Uh, but the league and the broadcaster TSN has to get on the same page. We got to get these games so they're more fan friendly. Uh, we always say it's a gate-driven league. That's a story for another time uh, with you. But um, how how's the season been for you? Because, I mean, with an 0-9 start, it's always tough. I mean, everyone says, you know, winning is the remedy. Winning is the remedy. And, and now things are finally turning around, it seems, in the last, you know, three, four, or five weeks. So kind of just what's it been like for you as, you know, director of marketing and communications to kind of see where you guys were, where you are, and where you want to be? Yeah, well, I think we're definitely in a better place right now than we were six, seven, eight weeks ago. That's that's for sure. And a big part of that, and probably the biggest part of it, has just been our success on the field. You know, we've won four of our last five. Trey Ford is our quarterback. He's Canadian. He's young. He's athletic. He's exciting. He's all the things you want in a quarterback, particularly in the CFL. So he's he's done wonders for us. Um, so, I mean, I think I'd be lying if I came on here and said, oh, yeah, no, it's been great. It was mm-hmm. great, you know, in week five when we were 0-5 and, and we were just working. I mean, it was it was challenging. There's no doubt about that. I think anybody who, who's, you know, in the organization, whether it's football operations or business operations, was feeling it as the season went along there. But certainly, like I said, the last five weeks have been a very different atmosphere around here. And it, it's just a lot of fun to, to be in the building right now in terms of the optimism that's around our club, but also you know, the results that we've gotten on the field have certainly, you know, uh, made things a little bit more uh, energetic here in terms of just our, uh, you know, our optimism for, for where we're at each week. I guess moving forward, um, you know, not only this year and, and I guess more specifically next year, I would imagine you would be kind of doing a marketing uh, strategic campaign around Trey Ford because uh, this is the guy that's sort of brought some life and, and passion and, and uh, you know, he's kind of everyone is talking about him. So uh, kind of what's the direction you want to go with that? Well, Trey's the face of the franchise from a football standpoint and just overall, uh, KK. Like, yeah. I mean, 
your, your quarterback is always going to be at the center of your marketing campaign, and, and particularly when he's having success on the field that he's having. Again, he's Canadian. He's young. Uh, you know, I, I, I take some pride, and I'm not, a, I'm not an OUA guy, but I take some pride in the fact that he played at the U Sports level. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, we're going to lean in on all the elements that make him so exciting and so valuable to us. There's no doubt about that. We're not going to shy away from Trey Ford. You know, it'd be no different if you're I mean, the Oilers don't shy away from Connor McDavid. He's the best player on their team. And I'm not saying that, that Trey Ford is, is the, you know, the best player in the CFL or putting that pressure on him. But he is, he is the, the key. He is the linchpin of our club um, in terms of our football results. And he plays the most important position on the field. So, you know, we're not going to move away from Trey Ford being at the center of a lot of what we do. Um, obviously within reason because, you know, his, his prime focus is to make sure that he's ready to go from a football standpoint. So we don't want to be a distraction from the marketing mm-hmm. end of things. But, you know, we balance it, and he's been game for what we've asked him to do, and I think he will be moving forward, and we'll make sure that uh, he gets his time to make sure he's focused on what he needs to do on the field. But also we get our opportunities to utilize him in the community and, you know, do photo shoots and all the different things that come with being, uh, the, you know, the key sort of face of a, of a club. Uh, Elks uh, Director of Marketing and Communications Evan Doms, our guest on the Kevin Carey Show with Ladislav Schmid, Sports fourteen forty nine oh seven um, in Edmonton. Uh, how, how would you say the mindset has been with the fans and moving from where you were at the start of the season? And I, I guess I'm, I, I don't want to get into the whole Victor Quee thing, but you know, since Rick Lalashur has come in on an interim basis, have you felt around the community that we're you know the the Elks, the team, the the city, the franchise is kind of moving in the right direction off the field. I think so. I, I certainly have felt that, and you know, the, again, I, I don't want to always make it about football because there are a lot of things beyond football that we do that have an impact, and certainly, um, you know, adjust in terms of how people feel about the club. But it's a lot easier to go to a community appearance after you just beat the Stampeders. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot easier to go to a community appearance and have people feel good about you after you beat Saskatchewan. So, you know, not that, you know, people when they saw us after, let's say, week three, they were throwing, you know, raw tomatoes at us when we're out at a, at a youth football um, practice. But, you know, just sort of the general vibe and sort of the casual observer of sports, certainly what they care about most is wins and losses. So, you know, just the general feel has been significantly different again over the last five weeks since we've been winning games. And, you know, I, I've got a high high degree of respect in terms of what Rick has brought to the table here mm-hmm. during his time with the club. I had, had a good relationship and worked well with Victor. So, you know, I think as much as, you know, that change was made at that level, the biggest thing for us has been the football results. And, and that's always going to be the driver of our business. Our core business is we host 10 football games here and we play 10 games on the road. That is the meat and potatoes of the Canadian Football League is those 20 games that you play. Mm -hmm. Um, So when you do well in those contests, it makes life a lot easier across the board. Text coming in at 1-833-401-1440. This one comes in. Uh, Hey, Kelvin. You gotta love that. Hey, Kelvin. Is this guy related to Rob Dom? Haven't seen the Dahmer in a while. Which, now I'll bring in Ladislav Schmid, who played for your dad, Rob Dom. Uh, he was an assistant coach here. Yeah. So, Laddie, you remember uh, Evan's dad, uh, Rob, quite well? Yeah. Don't, uh, yeah. yeah. Very nice guy, quiet guy, yeah. uh, knowledgeable guy. Uh, yeah. I, I actually saw him in Europe uh, when I uh, when I played uh, in, in Czech. We went to the tournament, mm-hmm. preseason tournament. I think Switzerland or somewhere like that. And he, he's, I think he's coaching in Europe somewhere, right? In Austria? 
Yeah, he's coaching in Austria. He's been overseas um, more or less for the last decade. In yeah. Austria and Germany, he's been coaching. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So he was coaching one of the teams that was at the tournament, and he's like, "Hey, laddie." I'm like, "Oh my God, <laughs> down we're small world." So it was really, really nice to to connect with your with your dad. I I, I like him a lot. He's a very very smart guy. Uh, Evan, so you, when you were growing up. I mean, you, you know, your dad, and, and we go back a long way, your dad and I, and I'm going to get to that in a second, but so what was it like for you kind of growing up uh, on, you know, I guess the U of A hockey scene and, and when your dad was, you know, coaching in the American League and then, you know, now again, as you said, a decade, you know, um, in in Europe. So kind of kind of take us through that kind of journey when you were a, just a kind of a younger kid and your dad was, uh, you know, coaching at, at various levels. Yeah, I mean, we moved to, to Edmonton when I was five. He had been coaching in the Western League, uh, PA, uh, Swift, Lethbridge, before we moved here when I was in the picture. So we moved here for the for the U of A job in 95. Um, and I grew up at Claire Drake Arena. I mean, I spent as much time there mm-hmm. as I did any, any rink in the city. Um, you know, whether it was, you know, at games on Friday and Saturday nights, I was at practice occasionally. You know, he ran potential 100 uh, pro camp that uh, a bunch of NHLers would come to before their their training camp started. Um, so I, I grew up around uh, around hockey, around players, around coaches. So it's kind of, you know, not that it's it's uh, it's it's old hat for me to be mm-hmm. around you know athletes, quite frankly. And uh, you know, I just see them as 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 you know people. Yeah. Um, not to diminish them, but you know, it's it's that's just what I knew. So. Yeah, I spent a lot of time at the U of A, have fond memories um, of that. And, you know, we bounced around a little bit in terms of his coaching career as it as it comes with the territory and spent some time in Houston. He coached in Springfield with the Oilers organization and the AHL. So, um, yeah, I've got lots of memories of being at rinks, being on the odd trip, um, whether it was a bus or a couple of, you know, plane trips with the, with the, with the guys. And, uh yeah, definitely better for those experience, I would say, and, and have helped me professionally as I've been in, uh, basically been in sports my whole life since I was about, yeah, well, since I was born in, in beautiful <laughs> Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. Uh, you know, um, I, I'm just going to share this story. As, as you know, your, your dad and I go back a, a long way. So he played in Melville. He's from Churchbridge, originally Saskatchewan. Um uh, and your uncle Gino played in Malvo at the same time. I was the stick boy of that team in the late 70s. Uh, Jerry James was the coach uh, when your dad played in Malvo. Now, now the, key, the, the, the neat story with your dad, and not a lot of people know this story, and I, I'm sure you do but because we've talked about it. Um, he was a hell of a fastball player, and a baseball player, but a hell of a fastball player. So in the late 70s, I believe, there was um, a guy by the name of Eddie Fainer that toured the United States and Canada. His uh, team was called the King in the Court. Uh, catcher, fastball, um, catcher, pitcher, short, and first. That's it. Uh, Four-guy team in fastball. They toured. They barnstormed all over uh, North America. Well, they came into Saskatchewan, and, and their shortstop broke his wrist. They asked your dad to play and continue on touring all over Saskatchewan, Manitoba, Alberta, wherever. Uh, but I believe he was working at the mine in Esther Hazing, and he's had a great summer job. And they said, can you come play with us and finish out the tour? He said, no, I got a good job here, you know. So all the guys in the mine said, what are you doing? Get your ass out of the mine and go tour with these guys. So am I kind of correct in all of that story, Evan? Yeah, that's more or less it. Yeah, I, I think that's accurate. I had a summer job at the 
at the potash mine, um, he was a better, probably a better ball player than he was uh, a hockey player. And he was a pretty good hockey player. He played at, you know, he played in SJHL mm-hmm. in Melville and played at U of A here, played at Augustana. But he was, uh, from what I've, what I've been told, he was an even, even better ball player. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, if he had been some sort of somewhere else, he probably would have had an opportunity in that sport. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, uh, tomorrow night, Taylor Swift again. A couple of tickets. Laddie says he's going just so we can get. Can, can Laddie buy a ticket for this, or you got to be a student? You got to be a student. Yeah, we're we're dangling that carrot in oh. front of the students. I think it's been a big part of why we've gotten so many engaged. <laughs> quite honest, and I know, I know that's upset our non our non students out there, our non secondary well, folks. But uh, like I said, maybe it, it'll inspire some people to go back to school for next year when we do this again. Um, so Laddie says that he's just going to enroll into Nate today. There you go. <laughs> oh my God, my wife would kill me. <laughs> like, can barely take care of three kids without so enrolling in school. <laughs> yeah, well, but at least you could go to the game tomorrow night and put your name in that for the draw, and hopefully win. Yeah, the and then trip. you could take your wife wife to see Taylor Swift. <sighs> no, <laughs> gonna take one of my buddies. But yeah, well, there you <laughs> go. I'm just joking. Uh, so, hey, Dahmer, anything else you want to mention? Just as the kind of, I mean, again, we're. I think most, a lot of people are, are happy. We're we're talking Elks football in a positive light here down the stretch. And just anything you want to add uh, as we kind of wind things down with the uh, the game tomorrow. You know, I mean, I think the biggest thing from my perspective is I just want to say thank you to all the people who have who have been there riding beside us during the stretch that was challenging. I know. You know, when I joined the club, this is my third season. I haven't experienced a lot of success, and our first home win there against um, Ottawa a while back was uh, the first time I'd seen us win at home, and, and I know that was the case for some of our fans who have been with us here over this stretch. So, you know, the big thing for me is just a, is a, is a shout-out to that crew, those dedicated season seat holders, those fans who have just started, you know, being football fans who haven't experienced a lot of uh, success. Mm-hmm. Really, the last five weeks have been for them, and, um, you know, we're excited to add some people to to the wagon, so to speak, here and uh, jump on board with Trey Ford, uh, you know, pulling us up uh, up along the way. So just a shout out to them. It's, it's been appreciated. It hasn't gone unnoticed. Um, and the atmosphere in the stadium the last few games, particularly, you know, when we broke that streak. And then mm-hmm. obviously when we when we kicked the walk off um, has, has just been awesome. So it's, it's been great to be a part of. And I, I thank everybody for being along with us. And, uh, yeah, there's lots of room. Hey, how, how did you and uh, Hernan have to handle uh, any of the uh, newfound fame for Dean Faithful after he uh, kicked that field goal, did the Queen's Wave and things like that? Well, Dean, Dean's already kind of a local celebrity yeah. even before that. Dean's got a lot of personality. He's one of those guys that, again, you can you can build some marketing around. He's just so engaging. Uh, the Queen's Wave was, was pretty epic, frankly. It was, yeah. uh, it was pretty hilarious there watching him sort of crowd surf in the, <laughs> in the locker room with the Queen's Wave. It was... Uh, yeah, we had a lot of fun with that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, best of luck uh, tomorrow night against uh, BC Lions and uh, continued success at the rest of the season. And uh, I think we're kind of on our way here in the city to kind of turn things around where everybody wants it to wants it to be. Thanks, Dahmer, for this. Absolutely. Anytime, guys. Talk to you soon. All right. That's uh, Evan Dom from the Edmonton Elks, uh, Director of Marketing and uh, Communications. Uh, did you go to a lot of games, like even with players? Did uh, did you guys kind of at the maybe start of the year, you know, or in few, 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 and yeah. <clears throat> yeah if if I would uh, spend my summer here mm-hmm. uh, towards the end of the summer, I would go to, to some of the games before before the the start of the camp. So yeah, mm-hmm. it was always fun. Yeah, 
Again, eight o'clock starts in June, just fine, just yeah. fine. September. Uh, September, October, seven forty <laughs> starts, and I mean, I think they had so many complaints. They're starting to overlap it a little bit. They say seven thirty. That's what they say. You know, they don't kick it off till seven forty. That's why, I like NFL kickoff two o'clock or two o three or whatever it is, right, Duke? <sighs> Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. soccer. Yeah. If soccer's at one o'clock, it's at one o'clock. Yeah, yeah. You know. yeah. Right on the clock. Right on. Um, we'll uh, have much more with our co-host on Thursdays, Lada Slash Mead, when we come back on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports fourteen forty. Boy, Laddie's fired up uh, with Pearl Jam. Yeah, Do you know maybe. what song this is? Yellow Battler. What is it, Duke? Alive. Oh, sorry. Oh, oh my God. Alive. Not, yes. Sorry. This segment brought to you by Laddie's oh God, Takes on Pearl Jam. Alive. Yes. Man. I that's, thought you knew all the Pearl Jam songs. It's too early for me. Too early. Well, you've been up for eight yeah, hours already. Yeah. I guess I'm exhausted already. <laughs> no, that's a big mistake. Alive. Yeah. Oh, uh, what you, a great song. UL Dave uh, texts in at 1-833-401-1440. Schmeed's Smoking Hot Takes. Smoldering. Refreshing honesty. Love this guy. Thanks, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Laddie. I mean, people have been really supportive of your... Uh, um, They're so nice. ...coming on in the last... I mean, they just... The comments keep coming in and in and oh, in. I really appreciate it, guys. Uh, Parkland, Matt. We were talking about the big... You call it the helicopter? Uh, <laughs> breaking up uh, passes, two-on-ones yeah. or whatever. Uh, Parkland, Matt writes in, uh, Darnell Nurse goes down on the ice to break up the pass too much. Needs to stay on his feet more. Laddie is right. There is a time for this, but it shouldn't be every two-on-one yeah. like Nurse is doing. Uh, your thoughts? I, I agree. Okay. Because like I said, if uh, if you don't kill the play or break the pass and mm-hmm. it goes through, there's no, no recovering for you, right? Like it takes too much time to hop back on your feet. And even if there is a rebound, you're, mm-hmm. you're kind of out of the play. But... Um, yeah. So it's, when you're I, I I'd say it's every every situation is different, mm-hmm. right? It varies. So yeah, like you cannot be so key on going down every time. What are what's your main read there? Are you reading the uh several? Get, yeah, okay, but I in my uh, I guess what I'm my perspective is that are you reading where how staggered they are? Coming in on a like with Yeah, the guys? depth, uh lefty righty, yeah. what side they're coming from. Um yeah, and then usually usually we would have talk before the season with the goalies what they prefer. Mm-hmm. Some guys just like to take it one-on-one. Yeah. Like, I'd say any pass below the hash mark usually ends up in the goal. What or, about, or it has to be like yeah. five-star safe. Do you go and say, okay, you say you see a playmaker coming down with the puck. Do you go... He's probably seventy five percent chance he's going to pass. Pass, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if it's a shooter coming down, he's probably going to shoot. Yeah, like, I, I mean, I mean, if it's righty from the right, uh, from like my left side, yeah, I would probably leave him to shoot the puck because it's, you know, just I would take away that passing option. Mm-hmm. But like I said, it's you know, th- it won't happen every time, and you know, if <laughs> if you have some ridiculously like when when Drysaddle and McDavid's going two and one, and you're like, what do you do? <laughs> Like I, pray, you, you know, you just pray. Yeah. Basically, you know, they they can adjust in a in a split second mm-hmm. to what the demon is going doing, and yeah, I mean, I don't it's, even. It's yeah. still two on one, right? Like people is like, oh my god, what is he doing? It's two on one against the best players in the world. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, you know. Um, text coming in. <laughs> uh, 
Hey, this is from Jamie. Uh, my men's team played against King in his court. I made the mistake of falling off his changeup. The next two strikes were nasty. A curve that came right at me, then crossed the middle of the plate. That's how good this guy was, Eddie Feiner, laddie. Really? Yeah. Um, and he used to throw behind his back, through his legs. Um, then one of the funnier parts, because, I mean, you, he would engage the crowd. Yeah. So there would be a good crowd right around and everywhere. So somehow he would almost do like a magic trick, and he had a cantaloupe. Oh. <laughs> on him. So then he would say, okay, I'll let you hit. I'll give you one to a batter. I'll let you hit an easy one. And he would throw one right across, and the guy would swing, and then the cantaloupe would go everywhere. <laughs> so um, uh, Kevin, the Kevin Lowe fan. It's Thursday, and that means I get to control the radio to listen to my buddy, Laddie Schmied, in the office. That comes from Oil Country Dad. Um, nice. You know, a lot of uh, um, <laughs> uh, imitation Tom says, um, the NHL doesn't tell you when the game starts. They tell you when the show starts. Okay, I get it. When you when they want you tuning in, et cetera, et cetera. The way the NHL does it actually makes it easier to miss the start of the game because you don't know, or because you don't need to tune in at whatever time, 7.30 in this case, sharp. But again, when you're comparing CFL to NFL and NHL, you can't do that. I mean, CFL is still a gate-driven league. You have to cater to those fans going to the games at that time. Yeah. I, I get the fact that you, the Oilers and, and and other teams can get away with the eight. And again, so the first game of the year, the home game, is Saturday against Vancouver. Mm. It says 8 o'clock. What time do you think puck drop will be? 8.15? 8, 8.30. 8.20? By the time they do introductions? May, may, things 8 like 8.30, that. I'd say. Okay. Probably. Yeah. So like, well, I, I don't want to compare to this to soccer, but you mentioned it mm-hmm. to me. Champions League, like that's biggest stage. That's like the biggest stage. M- billions people watch Champions yep. League, right? If if the kickoff is at nine, it's exactly at nine. Mm-hmm. And there is a bunch of other games going too. There is some games like start earlier. And I guess they can do it. Like I, I, I don't want to be comparing. I don't know how the marketing works, but it's at nine. Like it's like, and if there is a game at eight. Like you're bringing your family mm-hmm. and I've been through it yeah. and my little son is like, that was going on. It's like 8.20. It's yeah. like, oh my God, I made a mistake again. Come in that he gave it my, <laughs> yeah. you know, like I love, I, I love my kids, but it, it's nerve wracking. And like, then I can even enjoy the game because yeah. it's already half hour later or 15 minutes later, 20 right. minutes later. And it's been like that forever. I think a lot of people feel the same way. Uh, this uh, is for you, uh, uh, Laddie, from Hammer, not Hammer, Hammer. Heads up at Shinny today. Oh, so my God. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to play Shinny at the new ring at Nisku. So, so last week, yeah, I was my first time, so I didn't, didn't want to be the, the guy who's going to try over top. But yeah. there were some trips directed at, my, at me. Yeah. So I was going to turn it up. Turn it up. Yeah, not- I, was, I was on a... On the dark team versus the, the the white team, and yeah, no freebies today. Okay. I'm just gonna stick with my position, play defense, and I'm gonna make it absolutely miserable for everybody there. <laughs> I'm determined. I, I thought about it last two really? days. I was yeah, because there was some like oh it's joking, ah uh-huh, ha uh-huh, ha this then that, and like no today. So was Hammer on your team or another team? This guy Hammer we probably don't even remember the guy. Pro- probably. Yeah, well, yeah I don't know the nicknames, but yeah, yeah uh, some of the guys I, I saw for the first time. Yeah. 
But yeah, they better watch out. Oh, I love this is going to be great. Lottie, Lottie Train's coming today. Yeah, we have maybe we should send uh, you know the cameras from Nation Network. Duke, yeah. what do you think? Get some get some visitors. Feel free, guys. Feel yeah. free. Get some uh, cams in there for sure. Uh, People would tune into that hundred uh, percent. Yeah, probably so, a little more entertaining than even some NHL preseason games. <laughs> There's a bunch of bunch of nobodies yeah. playing in it. Rather tune in and watch Laddie shred up uh, <laughs> some some these guys. plugs at Shinny on a uh, Thursday night. Uh, yeah, it. it Gets a little competitive, you know. That there's no referees. Yeah. So some guys so get, just get away with murder, right? right? Yeah. You know. But it's fun. There, there's a good group of guys. But yeah, like I said, it's gonna be more serious today. I want to win. <laughs> uh, we lost la- last week, so it got a kind of bad taste in well, my mouth for sure for the weekend. Yeah. No. I don't need that anymore. Um, but a lot of times, uh, when we played alumni hockey, you like to move up to forward a little bit. Yeah, I guess. Well. I like the exercise as well, so I like to skate up and down. Yeah. I just, just don't like to to stand around like Belzy out there, it's like <laughs> yeah, Sean Bell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he's got to be at the at the shape probably. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He can, yeah. He he can, can get around a oh, little yeah. bit still. Yeah, oh, good yeah. shot, good a shot. Really hard shot. Yeah, really hard shot. Yeah. yeah. What do you think when when we do the alumni skates? There's a couple guys out there. Like we were talking about Matt Tassoni too. Yeah, you know he was on big, the other that's day. That's a big boy on the move. Oh yeah, I think he's at about two sixty now. Yeah. You know, I, I, I honestly, I, I, I can, I can wait to get those going again. Yeah. You know, it's a, uh, it's a group, good group of guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. It, it really is. Uh, imitation. Uh, what is this one here? Uh, oh, uh, ooh, uh, maybe this guy plays with you too. Uh, wasn't, uh, just a loss, laddie. You were like minus three last week, a bounce back performance coming up. Mine, you were minus three. Not a chance. I was minus three. <laughs> They're just trying to get me going. I, what what a mistake! They don't know me that well. So any chirps like that, it's just a it's, it's just it's, a motivation for me. It's adding fuel to the fire. Oh my god! Yes. Uh, well, uh, now everyone's coming in. Uh, okay, <laughs> Scoots uh, sounds like Laddie. The snap show is going to Shinny yep. uh, today. That oh, comes from the ring. Man. Yeah. <laughs> I. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can I can get there. Not not at this. If it would be beer league and the I wouldn't know the guys yeah. from the other team, I could snap. Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. I'm not gonna deny it. I'm very competitive. But these guys, yeah, it's gonna be. What hot, time is this game? I think eleven thirty. But whatever, you, you know, yeah. it's like the Oilers games. <laughs> Guys, it starts at 11.30. Oh, 11.47. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, drinking a coffee there. I'm like, come on. Let's get this going. Uh, uh, I don't play, but I hope you torch them. Uh-huh. Yeah, imita- he's just talking smack. Next just- week, next week, I'm going to let you know yeah. how, how it went. I'm going to be keeping my, my stats. Yeah. My stats, block shots, hits. Okay, uh, what kind of level are we looking at? How, are these are you one of the older guys or the younger guys? What's I'm going one on? of the younger guys. Okay, so oh, what wow. kind of what kind of level? Can't be that good. All, all kind of levels, all kind of levels. But most of them can skate. Yeah. Most I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to be like them tripping. You know, obviously, obviously you don't want to be too hard on them. You know, <laughs> they they still. They still think they're superstars out there, so I don't want to uh, wreck their dreams. Oh, exactly. Um, would you, uh, like, for, for training camp, How when you first started, were there a lot more practices than games? Would you say that? Or was it, I can't remember when they really just started getting into preseason right off the hop. Like, I mean, there, there are that, two, that three would, days here. That, w- that would be probably like two. Two, three. two. Th- that would be like two, three days. Mm-hmm. 
and then we would start uh, playing. I think it would be like between like yeah six, seven, eight games too though. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it's it's nice to get few few practice. We would I think we would have like three teams, like mm-hmm. three groups, right? Smaller groups and yeah, but the training camp was. I remember a couple of them. Like with MacD, like that would be some decent skating as well. And, yeah, you know, like, it wouldn't be like the back in <laughs> the, the good old days that where they would be golfing all off season and they would show up for a camp and get in shape. Oh we, yeah, you already had to show up in shape. But yeah. Um, yeah, it it wasn't easy at all. We're gonna take a break. Uh, we're gonna talk with uh, Laddie about uh, his last five years of pro hockey in uh, in Czech what that was like after a great career here in Edmonton and, and Calgary. So uh, we'll have some stories about uh, uh, his uh, his five years in Czech uh, when we come back on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Uh, we're, it's named that Pearl Jam tune with Laddie Schmid. She rolls over. Yeah. Well, that's, oh, this that's is an song. easier one. This uh, is your, because this is what time you get my tune. Well, this is my karaoke song, so. Is it? Yeah. Well, give us a little. No, I'm not going to say no. Ah, come uh, on. No. Little. I start after 6 p.m., so. Oh, okay. Um, Kevin Carey, Sladislav Schmid is our guest, not our guest, our co-host, every um, Thursday from uh, 8 till 10. He's been up already for five hours. Yep. Um, so we wanted to kind of chat about, because we, we haven't really got to it in the last three weeks, about your... Um, your time in Czech when you, so you basically started on the team then finished on the team right yeah that was always always my plan actually really like I it and, played out differently than you know I wanted to have a little longer career in the NHL but uh, my mainly my health didn't mm-hmm. really allow it but uh, yeah I always dreamt that you know I'm gonna start my career with with Liberates and I'm gonna end it with mm-hmm. Liberates and it actually happened so, but but yeah. I thought it would be just like for like a year or two, but mm. it ended up being five years. So you had uh, well two full seasons, Liberets, uh before you came over here. Yeah, before you were, um, uh, well, you would have been drafted your first full year there. Yeah, correct. Yeah. yeah, okay. So then you played a couple seasons there before you came uh, mm. over to North America and Canada, first in Portland and yeah. uh, and stuff like that. What was so. Pretty young guy, seventeen years old, playing there with men, yeah. right? Yeah. Men. What What was that experience like when you were first starting in in Czech? Who? I I was very very nervous. I my first first game was uh, when I was sixteen at the pro league, and you know it's a pro league. Like mm-hmm. guys don't go to work. Yeah, you know you get paid well. Well, I wasn't. I was sixteen. <laughs> but I remember my dad uh, had a work trip and. Uh, uh, so he wasn't even he wasn't even at my first pro game. So my mom, my mom, uh, you know, the the coach called me in the morning. He's like, "Hey, lad, are you gonna be in the lineup?" So I <laughs> skipped the school, called my mom. She's like, "Oh my god!" So my mom, my mom, and my girlfriend at that time, sixteen, <laughs> my first love. <laughs> <laughs> they went to the game, and honestly, like uh, crazy, almost surreal. You know, it was like the first step of many to make it to the NHL. Mm-hmm. But then uh, the, the following year, I was 17, I got a, you know, full, uh, kind of, yeah, I was full-time player mm-hmm. uh, at 17. A lot of learning. Uh, and for a 17-year-old kid, honestly, just being with those <laughs> older guys, married guys, and just the inappropriate jokes, <laughs> and all that kind of stuff, uh, 
Away from the Ice was another learning lesson. Mm -hmm. And then the following year, I was 18. That was my last year there. It was a uh, lockout year. And that was, that was awesome. Like we had, we had Yaro Modri, Yuri Fischer, Radim Verbada, mm -hmm. uh, Václav Nedorost, uh, Alex Kodelik, and Hnilička was our goalie mm -hmm. like for Atlanta yeah. at that, that time. So we had like good, good players, like really good players. And, and in the league, you had, you know, uh, Aliash, like, like mm -hmm. you're at, I, like bunch of guys, like, Zsigi Palfi was playing in Prague, oh, okay. Josef Stimpel. Like, just, it was awesome. Mm -hmm. Like, honestly, great experience for me. The The level of hockey was obviously much better. And again, I had a decent role on my team, even mm -hmm. with those guys. And like, especially like Yaro Modri, he took me under his wing and uh, kind of showed me the ropes and like, what, and told me what to expect when I'm going to be making that move to North America. And you know, I really appreciate it. I, I love Yaro. Great yeah. guy. Yeah. Old school. My kind of guy. Old school guy. Yeah, old, yeah. When they took you, I mean, you weren't even old enough to get in the bar. Or I don't know, what, 17, 16. Check. Check. You, you, and you get everybody bar, gets in. Like, what, first time 12? there was like, <laughs> I think I was 13 or 14. <laughs> I was forced because I always play for older teams. So there's bars that started like 15. Nobody really checks your ID there. <laughs> I, yeah, and so I go to my dad and I was like, dad, the whole team is having a party at this place. He's like, okay, I'll drop you off and I pick you up. Yeah, I was able to get drunk, throw up and get sober by mm -hmm. the time he picked me up. And like when he picked me up, I look okay. And he's like, oh, good. I can trust you though. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you can. <laughs> oh. oh man. Yeah, but I, like back back there, hockey, great experience. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'll say one thing. I always, now I know how the process works. I wish I would have went and played junior in in Canada. Oh, okay. Instead of staying there. I, it was a great experience, but I think going that route, like Leon Dreisaitl, right? Prince Albert. Yeah, he could have probably stayed in Germany and played mm -hmm. Pro League before. Did you have that option or was there any? I, I had an option, yes. Okay. Where was they it? Would, I, I have no idea what yeah. team wanted to draft me, but I'm like, I'm playing Pro League. Right. Like, I'm playing with men. That's going to prepare me better. But the habits in that league, big ice, you know, like I, I mm -hmm. wish maybe a year I would spend in junior here, smaller, smaller, smaller ice. Yeah. You have to make the decisions faster. They would probably, you know, because I was a high draft pick, they would probably prepare me like playing power, play more and stuff like that. Yeah. If you've got a text for Ladislav Schmid, uh, fire it off to us. one 1440 Some great stories from from his first days in Czech when he was playing pro. But you also had three years world junior. Yep. So that, uh, you know, maybe sometimes we see two, threes, a rarity. Yeah. A lot. So you played three World Juniors. What was that experience like for you? Um, I didn't expect that the, the first year. With, mm -hmm. There was uh, the 84s. Yeah. Was, uh, and we had a really good team there too. But I was already playing at the Pro League. Some of these guys burn even in the Pro League. They play junior, right? But I, I did and I made the team. And again, they gave me pretty significant role on, on the team. And there's... I think Brent Burns was on Team Canada, and he was he was still forward. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. He started in Minnesota's yeah, forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 
Yeah, so, we played Canada twice there, and yeah, it was it was a great experience. And second year we we uh, won bronze mm-hmm. against, but we lost in the semifinals, probably against the arguably the best Canadian team mm-hmm. ever. Uh, but uh, that was that was really fun tournament. Then the third year we lost in the quarterfinals against Stays. Thing filled the Thrill Castle, <laughs> score <laughs> score a couple of goals and <laughs> send us home. But uh, yeah. Every tournament, great experience. You know, the last one was obviously disappointing, mm-hmm. but I was I was the captain there, so it was awesome. And the old four team, you had guys just looking at some of the best players. Uh, so Zach Parise was U.S. <laughs> Alex Ovechkin. Yeah, I played against uh, Alex yeah. by a whole junior national career, kind yeah. of. So I, I know him a little bit. Uh, he was always just electric. And great it's, goal scorer. It's funny how things when you look at it. Uh, Nigel Dawes, Anthony Stewart were the top scorers. Yeah, Nigel Dawes was he was a nasty. tank. He tank wasn't he? He was, he was a nasty. big guy. Um, so that was the 2004 one. So you mentioned 2006, and so Phil the Thrill, uh, one goal, ten assists. Yeah. That's what it said. Phil the Thrill, but against us, the goal. There, yeah, but um, no, he was he was good. He, um, and he was younger. And he you was were, a year, young, he year was younger. younger Eighteen yeah. year old. Yeah. So you were captain the last year. Last year, yeah. It was uh, it was in Vancouver. In Vancouver. Ke- yeah, uh, Kelowna, Kamloops, in Vancouver. Um, but then, so right after that, basically, you now you you make the trek over, and we've talked a little bit about that. Just maybe touch on that transition once again, just when you came over and and started to go to Portland and things like that. Ah, uh, Portland, tough one. Um, first time living away from my family. Language barrier. Mm-hmm. That that was the biggest issue. But luckily, the coach Kevin Denine helped me big time. He's uh, they well the organization set me up at the tutor, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, so she helped me. She made me read these kids' books with big big <laughs> letters, big big words, and a lot of a uh, lot of pictures, um, like kids' books, and you know watching watching movies with subtitles. And I had assignments and stuff like that. It helped. Um, in the locker room, obviously getting used to uh, the new style of hockey, small, smaller ice, they gave me time to adjust. But mm-hmm. I was not going to lie. Like I was like, I, I like to hang on to the pucks when I first came over and I was getting lit up at times. Mm-hmm. I remember Ben Eager just found me behind the net and just <laughs> killed me. I think he got suspended like one game, but <laughs> what a hit. <laughs> um yeah, it it wasn't easy in in the locker room. Like yeah. you can imagine, you have a high prospect from Europe, and back then, it's like I don't want to swear on the on the mic, but th- <laughs> they have this perception of European players, especially young guys, that we are soft. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so s- some guys would try to help you. Some guys would be neutral, and some guys were pissed off that you were there. Right. You know, so you have to earn their respect. And it took me a few months. You know, and I think they started to respect me more because they saw the work I put in uh, with, with the language. Mm-hmm. And on the ice, I wouldn't back off from anything. I wouldn't be fighting, but I would take hits and get up and right. scale the ice. Um, so 13 years after your last season in Liberitz, yeah. now you go back and you're the veteran guy. Yeah. So what was that experience like? And I guess, did you... Was there anyone that you took under your wing like someone took you under yeah. their wing? Well, first of all, I didn't play 
for a year and a half. Right. So everybody's like, oh, Ladish is coming back. NHL experience. So, oh my God, he's going to be the best in the league. Oh my, I sucked <laughs> mightily for like first half of the season. I struggled and like my buddies were like, yeah, the fans are starting to talk. I'm like, I don't care. Like I hadn't, I haven't played. Yeah. But after the Christmas that year, like something like click back. Like for a year and a half, I would just like work out and skate on my own. Like, like I wouldn't even skate for like a full year. Mm-hmm. Then I started to skate a little bit and they gave me a chance. And it's like when you skate by yourself working on skills and then you go into the practice, you feel like you're in like Times Square. <laughs> like there's so many people on the ice and you feel like you don't have yeah. any time making any plays. But then I feel like somewhere in the brain it clicks again. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, like I know what, what to do now. And it did. And for the the second half of the season, I I got invited for world world championship uh, uh, camp, but I denied it because I didn't see my family. You know, and I always like to represent my country, but like the world championship would prolong my season for another two months that I wouldn't see my my kids really. So yeah. turn it down. But then the then the years follow, and yeah, I felt pretty comfortable, and I was one of the leaders on the team. Uh, I was actually producing points too. I would be playing mm-hmm. power play, which is <laughs> in the NHL. <laughs> Not a chance. Not a chance. <laughs> Not a yeah. chance. But yeah. yeah, I kind of transformed my role kind of all around defenseman. And uh, yeah, I play big minutes. I usually average around like 27, mm-hmm. 26, 27 minutes uh, throughout the year. Caught up to me the yeah. last two years with my health, but uh, it was it was fun. I'm still in contact with a few of the young defensemen from Czech. They, uh, yeah, I, I, I ran some of the practices with the demon skill skills right. and stuff like that. So, I think some guys like look up to me, and they, I guess they still do. They ask me for, for advice over the phone from Czech, and yeah. it's really nice. Cool. Um, we we got so many weeks to talk about stories yeah. from Czech and everything like that. I, I mean, I mean, they're probably, I have some. <laughs> we might have to. Can you come three hours a day, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, just wanted to kind of make a couple notes with the Oilers camp and things like that. Yeah. Um, Chris Johnson's reporting that the Oilers have hired Michael Parchetti to serve as senior director, data of analytics. Um, he'll lead creation and operation of the new analytics department. Where are you? with analytics and I got a feeling we might be on the same page with it. I'm a dinosaur when it comes to this. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great tool. Yeah. But you shouldn't base your franchise on it. Right. That's my b- firm belief. And I there is a time and place for analytics. They can give you they can help you. Yeah. But it's still played on the ice. It's still the players, it's still a human mind. And this is just data, mm-hmm. and I and I get it. It can help you, and I'm all for it. But some teams are u- using it too much. I that's ag- my, that's my opinion. I agree with you, totally. Yeah. Um, and the, my main um, quorum with um, analytics is that the the people that brought this into hockey, and it's been in a long time, but it's brought in. And the game's so fast. They use the analytics in baseball and they use it in football and things like that where there's time between plays, time between pitches and things like that. They're so It's so slower compared to hockey when you kind of try to 
build an analytics and and I think again uh, I agree to an extent with some of the things with analytics but eyeballs first eye test first and then see if it's something that can improve on that eye test and yes but the game is lightning fast it's the fastest game in the world and when you try to slow it down with analytics I think you can create problems yeah I I totally agree man Uh, so on the ice uh, for the Oilers uh, about 20 minutes ago uh, for the first group uh, so Kane McDavid Brown R&H Dreisaitl Hyman Fogel Peterson Ryan Holloway Sutter Yanmark Ernie Malone Lavoie Nurse Bouchard Kulak Sisi Broberg DeHarnay uh, Niemelainen, Gleason, Skinner, Campbell. We were just saying all, I mean, pretty well everyone almost on the, you know, you got five lines in 8D, but pretty well everyone on that. There's, there's not a lot of changes that are going to be, we're going to see. Not a lot of surprises. And that's, I, you want that, I guess, if you think you're a cup contender. Yeah, like yeah. It, the team is pretty much set. I would be more worried if there would be like a lot of, you know, a lot of holes and to fill, but mm-hmm. like you, you, we all know where we're at. Like, there's no denying it's going to be a long season. I don't want to jump ahead. You first have to make the good start, make a playoffs. But mm-hmm. I, I don't think the Oilers are even shying away from being called the cup contenders. I think you want that, don't you? you? you yeah, you yeah. want that. And, you know, there's no denying. So, like I said it earlier today, I don't, there's no need to waste time. Like, yeah. let them practice together, let them get comfortable. You know, like there's only what two, three question marks. Yeah, which is really nice. Think everyone will be watching Connor Brown today. <laughs> <laughs> you, you you pressured Speck into it. I did not. You and, know. and actually, I saw Speck the other day, yeah. and he was well rested. Was, was he right, bright and early, and and he was well rested. So he's probably getting his uh, seven to nine hours. Of I sleep. think he's he's at least eight, and he's at he's been at the lake all summer. Yeah, you know. Yeah, what a life, eh? Oh, what I mean, exactly. Uh, hey, Laddie, thanks a lot for uh, coming in again. And we, I just every Thursday is just the best. And our, our the text line lights up, and everyone is just so happy to to kind of hear your stories. And I mean, we're just scratching the surface, aren't we? Yep, especially <laughs> with the check stories. <laughs> <laughs> I like so thirteen years old, and they don't check for ID in the bar and check. Man, right? it's 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 well, I think they they do now because there was probably some. Uh, accidents or whatever but back in the day honestly you just like walked in and was like oh have a great time <laughs> all right i will <laughs> oh, well we'll see you next uh uh thursday maybe we'll probably bump and big game today someone else is saying someone just sent one in about huge w laddie huge yeah. w shinny shinny yeah. and then uh then my son is playing too oh and, uh, and more and well watch out you 11 Oh. He, he better be ready. Yeah. That, that teacher better not tire him out at, at school. <laughs> <laughs> and he just <laughs> likes going today. Oh. All right, good stuff. We'll see you yeah. uh, next Thursday. Yeah. Good luck with both games today. Thanks. Thanks, Kevin. That's our, uh, yeah, that's our Thursday co-host, Ladislav Speed. Before we hit the top of the hour, uh, Michener Allen Auctioneering Next Public Timed Automotive RV Auction is now open for bidding. Make your bids at info at maauctions.com. At 10 o'clock hour, we will check in with Evan Grant from the Dallas Morning News as he uh, is really, really all over the Texas Rangers and the American League uh, West race. So uh, we'll check in with uh, Evan Grant at the top of the hour. First, here's a sports update with the Duke.